That's right, it's episode 267, and today we're continuing our two-week excursion into Focolf. That's right, episode 267 has The Wicker Man from 1973 and... A Dark Song from 2016. That's right, two folk horror movies that are under the Shudder folk horror section, which we decided to take you know, a little peruse through. Uh, I have seen The Dark Song. A dark song before, uh-huh. back when it came out or whatever, and I've seen also The Wicker Man. Have you seen both of these? Nope. Okay, so this is all fresh for Christina. It's all new to me. Yeah, it's been weird, like lately, because I've just been getting into this folk horror thing and thinking about it a lot, and it's fresh on my brain. I've actually been going through all the different folk horror songs that came out in the late sixties and seven in the seventies. That were like British songs about like, you know, Satan and shit like that. And like I there's like people who have like sound play like lists uh-huh. on like Spotify and shit like that. Uh-huh. And it's, or on YouTube <laughs> that have like all these weird songs that don't even have like copyrights or anything like, that I've never even heard of. No. Just weird shit. I don't know. I've been putting it in some of the videos that we have. Like, I'm sure you guys might have seen the, what is it? Corn Sprigs and Bonnie. I swear to God, if you start writing folk horror music. No, I'm not going to be doing that. That actually takes a lot of work because you actually have to play instruments. And it has to be like a story. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. Some of them are just like calling out Satan and saying, let me give the power. Give me the power. I beg of thee. (laughs) Shit like that. It's weird, but it's like all tucked into this like sort of like psychedelic fucking progressive rock. It's (laughs) really strange. And there's flutes and shit. Motherfuckers got flutes. (laughs) It's like it's like if you went to medieval times that everybody was on acid and praised Satan in the, oh, the, oh my God, the I would stereotypical go. way. Okay. Not the, <laughs> not the, uh, anti supernatural, you know, uh, temple of Satan, the, not the atheist way. Well, no, no, no. Cause there's, there's Satanism and then there's, there's different versions. Oh you know yeah, I, mean? I know. But, but the more popular one, I know. And, and by the way, folklore isn't just Satanism or anything like that. It's anything. It's like paganism. It's any of the old ways. So mm-hmm. just to confirm that, I don't want to be anybody to go, hey, excuse How me. How dare you? Yeah. You don't even You're know. You're misrepresenting my lord. <laughs> the lord of Ferngully. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's weird to me because, like, you know, like all these like folk horror things. You know, like people get into like Lords of the Rings, swords and you know fantasy and like you know elves and funny things in the British, <laughs> the British, <laughs> British. Isles. <laughs> no, Scottish Isles. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> But it's that's never been my thing, you know. Like when I read things as a kid, I didn't really get into those things like mm-hmm. everybody else did. And so, like, there's like a large swath of like metal music that is dedicated to stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and I just never really got into it, other than some of that stuff that like Tangerine Dream did, uh-huh. you know, which they did all the fantasy movies and like did a ton of stuff. Like, I think they did that the the that movie about the bunker, the Nazi bunker that we did a review of, and I can't think of the name of it, like the outkeep or the outpost or something like that. I don't remember. Fuck. The keep. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, the Tangerine Dream did the music in that. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. But uh, yeah. So it's interesting. I, it's just been kind of like soaking up the lore. <laughs> I've been dancing around with pearls and like flowers and liniments in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your little, who's your little sprite daddy? <laughs> All right, not really, but you know, I did come out dancing in front of Christina, and she didn't know what I was doing. I just laughed at him. Yeah, she had her headphones on, and I was like listening to corn sprigs in Bali <laughs> at like full capacity, and our neighbors are probably like, "Oh, they're in a cult." Okay, <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> so how are things with you? Are you doing well? Are you excited about anything coming out? You've been keeping track of some of the new movies coming out. I think Christina might participate in the top 20 next year by the end of this yeah, year. Maybe, nah. <laughs> She's too she, too much pressure. Too much pressure. I think too people will be interested in what you think, but you know. Nah, well, I don't know. If good stuff comes out, maybe I will. <laughs> is there anything that you're looking forward to that's coming out? Anything that you've been uh, watching that you've been enjoying? Well, we've been watching Servant on Apple. Yeah, which is really stretched out, and not, we're not sure exactly what the fuck's like what's, going on. where it's going, but I'm intrigued, and I'm enjoying it. There's so. another one called Archive 81? Yeah, we need to start that one. I started it the other night, but- Oh, you did? I passed out. You watched out. it without me? I ate food and went into a coma, and then woke up in the oh, second okay, episode, good. so- That was the Lord telling you that you can't watch it without me. <laughs> the Lord of Fern Gully? <laughs> the Lord of Fern yeah. The crust of couch? <laughs> I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horror shots! All right, guys, so we brought a little doozy, a little sweet little sunflower of a doozy for you. So it's, it's extra sweet and super sour. Underneath all of this happy shit, <laughs> which is folk horror. Um, but we decided to pick the Wicker Man for this shot this week. There is a tavern where they go and sleep with the landlord's uh, daughter, <laughs> which is uh, called the Green Man. And we thought it was kind of cool. Like, we like the sign because it has that sort of 60s uh, cartoonish appeal to the to the signage. And uh, we thought, well, we'll just make a drink that's uh, kind of green. And this one's a little different than what we normally do. We've done 
done sort of a combination of this before, but this is a little different. Right. First of all, you're going to need to get a goat, and we're going to have to cut the throat of the goat over uh, your shot. Try to get a funnel if you can, because... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a child would be more... Yeah. yeah, if you have a child, too, strap them into a fucking wicker basket and set that bitch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't fit it in, just break one of their arms. No kidding. <laughs> I should not be a father. <laughs> Isn't that right, Murray? Uh, anyway, so what's in a green man, Christina? Can you please tell us? Well, we got half a shot of vodka. Mm-hmm. And then we got... Well, you double these ingredients if you want to have more than one. Which is what I did. So I did a full shot of vodka. A half a shot of apple juice, a half a shot of apple pucker, mm-hmm. and a dash of lemon. And you shake it up and you pour out the shots. And it looks like piss. Yeah. We're trying to do green. Which means we'll be of- clear of COVID. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, let's take All a right, shot. Let's take the shot. Kind of smells like piss. <laughs> Is that Cheerios? I peed in it. <laughs> Is that asparagus? <laughs> I'm scared. Okay, it's okay. It's just okay. It's okay, you know. Yeah, but wait a fucking about forty-five minutes, and you'll start tripping the fuck out. We'll go dancing around the daisies out in the fucking neighborhood. I think the apple and the lemon just kind of cancel. Yeah, canceled, (laughs) canceled it, so it just tastes like vodka. (laughs) If you start going naked out by the daffodils, (laughs) mid so modest motherfucker up, you know. Oh, that's weird. Just let it linger. That's weird. Tastes like urine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what urine tastes like. I'm I just told saying. you I peed in it, you know, because in the dark it's, song, yeah. she peed in the soup. <laughs> uh, it's spring means spring when you spring a little leak <laughs> into my soda, my drink. <laughs> anyway, so if you would like to try a green man, all you have to do is go to longlidthevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so grab your flower bonnets and grab a string from the maypole because it's time for Folk Off Volume 2 with The Wicker Man from 1973 and A Dark Song from 2016. And let's get that shit rolling right now. All right, Christina did the work on The Wicker Man. Yes, it seems I like did. we're just doing that now. You do the first one, I do the second one. Which is what we have always done for like the past it's three yeah, years. <laughs> I know. Can we mix it up a little bit? Fucking like, you know. No. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. A Puritan police sergeant arrives in a Scottish island village in search of a missing girl who the pagan locals claim never existed. By the way, this is a British film, Hammer Films. So it's kind of a British Scottish film mm-hmm. because he used a lot of locals in London and oh, on Summer and on Island. The island. Yeah. So nice. All right. The tagline is flesh to touch, <laughs> flesh to burn. Don't keep the wicker man waiting. That doesn't rhyme at all. No, it doesn't. I don't understand. <laughs> all right. This was directed by Robin Hardy. 
also did the the fantasist fa- the fantasist from 1986 the wicker tree oh is that the sequel from 2011 it's another movie on a skylish scottish island hmm. that christopher lee is in really yes i'd be kind of interested to check that out actually I mean, yeah it's probably yeah, gar- garbage but <laughs> i don't care i would watch it it's weird 2011 it came out yeah it is weird all right, the screen. Sorry, I didn't mean to be rude about that, Robin. So <laughs> it's okay. I'm an entertainer. <laughs> I can get away with anything. It's okay. He's dead. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Jesus. Well, not if we summon him back. <laughs> you better sorry, make a dark song on the floor, huh? Okay, moving on. <laughs> the screenplay is by Anthony Schaefer, who also did Sleuth from 1972, Frenzy, 1972. And he worked on the screenplay for Murder on the Orient Express. That's uh, not the preferred nomenclature. Orient. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I know that. It's what is. And oh, anyway, An Evil Under the Sun from 1982. Okay. Sorry. This is based on the novel Ritual by David Piner. Pinner. Pinner. Yeah. Who is mostly known as an actor on a ton of British TV shows. Sounds good. Sounds interesting. All right, this movie stars Edward Woodward, who plays Sergeant Howie. He was in Higher Spirits. From high Night- Spirits. Oops, sorry. He was in High Spirits. The comedy. Oh, no. Oh, they- 1963. They probably made it. It's probably a sequel. Wasn't there a High Spirits or- I don't know. With the guy from fucking Police Academy? In the 80s? And the, the Three Men and a Baby. What's his name? The guy? I don't know. You I guys know, know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Breaker Morant- the Equalizer from 1985 in Suspicious Circumstances from 91. He was in Hot Fuzz in 2007. Oh, which so is funny, funny because there's a lot of stuff from The Wicker Man in Hot Fuzz, actually. Oh, well, that must be why. Yeah. I don't even remember. And he was in La Flem uh, Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one from 1997, the 1997 one. <laughs> it's a whole new movie, you know? <laughs> Could you stop gagging on your phlegm? <laughs> you were pretty until you fucking started hawking loogies everywhere. <laughs> and then we have Christopher Lee, who plays Lord Summerizzle. Somerville. <laughs> Summer Isle. Summer Isle. I like how you oh, just cram shot. those words together. Yeah. Um, he's fucking Dracula. Oh, that movie. Yeah. All those. He's Count Dooku in Star Wars Episode Two. Remember, I of forgot. Course. He's done a lot of great movies. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. He was in The Wicker Tree and Season of the Witch with Nicolas Cage. Nice. I just had to mention that because Nicolas Cage was in the remake of The Wicker, of Man. The Wicker Man, and then this actually came out after hmm. that, like five years later. Okay, also starring Diane Cilantro. <laughs> Cilento. Yeah, she plays Miss Rose. Uh, she was in The Full Treatment, The Naked Edge, The Tiger Lily from 1975, ZPG from 72. Also, Anthony Schaefer, who wrote the screenplay for this, was her husband. Okay. Uh, Britt Eklund plays Willow. Yeah, she was a famous model at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was a Demon Rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get Carter, the man with the golden gun, uh, Beverly Hills Vamp. And then we have Ingrid Pitts. Who plays, they had oh. her as a li- librarian. But she I, was the, I'm sorry, 
Ingrid Pitts is the famous model from that time. Yeah, she was yeah. best known as Hammer Horror's most seductive female vampire of the early 70s. She was in Vampire Lovers, The House That Dripped Blood, Countess Dracula. The House That Dripped Blood was a famous um, Elvira movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say was one of the, on. I remember that one in particular for some reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, The budget on this was... $810,000. They really made that stretch. Yeah, they really did. Was it 810 US dollars or was it like 500? I thought it said, I thought it had a dollar sign. Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't think it was that much. I saw on the wiki it was like 500,000. Oh, really? British. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe. Sterling pounds. So that must have been. uh, The US dollars. Yeah, the US dollars. And this was not your first time seeing this movie. Yeah, it was. It was? No, I'm kidding. Like, what the fuck you just said? <laughs> I'm just trying to throw you off. <laughs> it worked. Okay, so. Congratulations. As I mentioned, folk horror is definitely not my personal thing. I mentioned it earlier here, and I've said it a million times before, and I'm going to say it again. <laughs> but now and again, you know, a few poke through that I can dig. You know, this is one of them, I would say. It's a pretty historical film, too, in the entire Hammer Library, which deviated from its classic horror films into something brand new, which was, of course, intentionally done to make something completely new and different, which, you know, obviously when you do something like this outside the sort of main vein of Hammer films, it's sure to guarantee that a lot of people will undoubtedly not like the film because they don't understand it or or their expectations are that of a horror, you know, Hammer horror film. So it's had its ups and downs, you know, with certain people, not necessarily because, you know, they have bad taste in film or anything like that. It's it's I think more that it's like such a different taste in their palate that they were not used to, you know, how to experience it, I guess. Right. Makes Does sense. that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You know, when they say something is an acquired taste, I would imagine that this is one of those movies that is not for everybody. And I think that goes across the board because it's not necessarily horror per se it's kind of melodrama musical i mean i have to admit though it has grown on me i've noticed the balance of each of the films were we've seen so far that sort of prey on people's kindness manners or even ideals only to be stripped away by the very thing they think is kind by nature which is kind of chaotic you know maybe perhaps to to make them believe they're in control of the world around them i think folk horror is is that sort of buried secret that pops its head up once in a while to show us that we really don't know a goddamn thing you know mm-hmm. or at the very least we don't hold control over the our own reality as much as we think we do as the uh, old ways are chaotic and seemingly masked with the intent to fool you <laughs> With that said, though, this is by all means a musical. <laughs> it has like three three ditties in it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not your bag. You're probably not going to want to watch it. It's but kind of weird because they're all in the beginning. It kind of makes sense, too, because they, they, they put music in this because there is a lot of musical stuff with the druids and mm-hmm. paganism and shit. So it's all part of it. You know, and that's how they learned a lot of these things, because songs would be tales of the past. Right. Which I think by some, a lot of people consider this movie, The Wicker Man, to be the OG Midsommar of its time, which even that film, I have to admit, is much better than I initially gave it credit because it just wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it gave it like a 6.5. Obviously, there's great stuff in it, but I just was right. not interested in it. Right. Just like The Witch. I mean, we spent a pretty healthy portion of the podcast 
disseminating all right. of the hidden shit in that movie. And it's one of those movies that we need to watch again, like The Witch. <laughs> maybe we should watch this together. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Another film that, you know, maybe you just have to be in the mood for, you know, one that may be best suited for now since we've been going through this. You might want to revisit it if those were not for you, too. But Christopher Lee is in this film, and I think he does a really good job of playing along in the very real island of Summer Isle. It's it's like a world cut out from the rest of the world that we don't really participate in, you know, as we're stuck in our modern world. I like this film because of that dichotomy. It's it's kind of like a story. It's kind of like a story of a hunter being hunted and the weird happenings that occur around him. I had a quite a few laughs <laughs> while watching this movie, I'm sure unintentionally. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to laugh at it, but it is just kind of wacky in that that way. It's a bit dated, even for its time. Right. But I'd say it's, you know, it's much more of an art house film like Midsommar was than any horror. But if you're putting yourself in a community that is so awkward and so different, isn't that kind of horrific in some way? The experience? I would think so. It really makes you feel like you have no ground, no no footing, Right. Right. Obviously, the old ways can be pretty horrific or off-putting, at least. I don't know. I feel like this is like one of those trap movies where you don't really know what will happen or even the characters themselves know. So I think it's, it's for its time, it's fucking ingenious. So it's hard to, like, kind of score this because of the historical value and what it did for its time, plus how I feel about this particular subgenre and the film itself. So it's it's obviously not a film that everyone's going to love, but I think it's one that you need to see. It's a little bright and cheery with a dose of what the fuck is going on thrown in. And if you like the idea of, you know, society kind of turning itself onto the old ways and stripping you away from everything that you're culturally used to, it's it's a good movie and it could be kind of scary for you. Like if you saw Midsommar and thought that was freaky. This might be a good one for you, obviously. Mm -hmm. The songs will definitely make you question what the fuck you're watching, but, you know, it's kind of its charm, part of the lore. So it's not scary per se, but not really any gore either. So, but, you know, the story is engaging. And if you look at it the right way, you can see that it's like a detective story that, you know, unravels. Could be something like an M. Night movie. Right. That you find the twist at the very end because it's got a pretty, pretty big one, I guess. I'd give this one a 7 out of 10, though, for my personal taste. It's not that that's a bad film. It's just my particular taste. Um, many people will probably score it higher, and many have. They said it's a piece of cultural cinema and that you need to watch. Mm -hmm. So, for, but for me, you know, it seems like a, a fair score based on, you know, my particular taste. What about you, Christina? This is the worst musical ever. What? <laughs> I've seen a lot worse than that. Well, no, no. I, I just meant on a, I was a joke. Okay. Here you we know, go. Here we on go. A musical, on a musical basis. I, it was annoying, but it was just like we, I said before, it was just the beginning. Okay. They were like when they're like singing and the maypole and shit like that. Sure. But I do. I absolutely love the story. Okay. I like the premise the, or whatever. The premise of just a normal outsider coming in and. And then tr and judging and trying to change people. Okay. Yeah, because you think you know what society is supposed to be. Yeah. That, and that's, that's what I was not, talking about. Yeah, and that's that's not true. And you can't just go up in there and, and throw, you know, become a Karen. And, you know. <laughs> Goddamn Christian Karens trying to take over my religion. 
and you know and then use your authority as a police officer you know to try to to threaten them and shit well that was annoying too something i should add before you continue i just want to say before i forget is that you know obviously throughout history we know that Christianity has tagged on and taken things from paganism right. in order to allure, make it alluring to those in paganism to bring them to Christianity. Because from one call to another, you gotta, you gotta convince them. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be an olive branch. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's some cheese. It's over here on the Christ side. Uh, no, um, but yeah, that's what they did. They kind of right. incorporated some of their holidays, and that's where Christmas comes from. That's where Halloween Easter. comes from. Easter, like all these things, have been kind of bastardized. And it's like when you learn that, you're like, holy shit! Everything I know is a lie. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why it's like I'd rather know that going in. You know, with certain mm-hmm. things, I feel like like America, right? Yeah, like right. everything that everything I learned and was force fed is so much different than what it actually is. Right. And it's like, if you keep going back, it's interesting to find out how this got taken and how paganism. So in a way, this movie is kind of like paganism getting its comeuppance. Right. So anyway. Exactly. But yeah, the like you were saying, the twist at the end was... Kind of good, even though we already knew what was going to happen, because it's an old movie. Like, if you didn't, if you don't know what's going on, like, even if you haven't seen this, I sure. mean, everybody knows what's going on here. For the most part, but don't ruin it. Yeah, just I won't, let people watch I won't it. spoil it, but I'm just saying, but I do think, you know, maybe, maybe we should think about human sacrifice. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is true. I mean, maybe shit, if it makes my wallet a little bit fatter, I'm, 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 I'm mean, open to it. I mean, if children sacrifice... <laughs> Like, All you right, know, Kristen, now you're getting and, out of fucking when, control. When and, and, you know, starvation and stuff. I mean, maybe we should think about We that. talk about baby blood drinking it last time, <laughs> yeah, and, and now all of a sudden she's ready to fucking kill a child. This episode is children's sacrifice, okay? <laughs> Calm down. The, you know, we all got to sacrifice. Oh, also, by the know. way, we have a, a new service for you guys. If you're looking for someone to babysit, we got a new fucking... <laughs> I'll babysit. Come on down to no, fucking Minsomar yeah. fucking babysitting. <laughs> Minsomar babysitting. We got bears and shit. <laughs> but yes, I did enjoy this. I really would like to see the remake with Nicholas Cage. It does is is he Brit? Does he have a British accent? No, it? no, is, it's a very it different American? movie. I think I feel like they took out the kind of the the, the premise and kind of leaned on the detective side of it a little bit more. Oh, okay. So it doesn't really kind of translate as well. And it's kind of a so bad it's good film, especially when he's like, the bees, the bees. Because they don't, what the fuck are the bees doing in There's there? There's bees? I don't know. All right. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but we'll, we'll, well watch I, it. Well, I want to watch it. I want to see it. Okay. But anyway, I also gave it a 7 out of 10. Really? I would like to own this. I know it's coming out on, is it coming out on 4K? <sighs> well, let's let's put this in a, in, a, in a way for you. And I should tell you guys this before we get into the spoiler section. There are multiple different versions of this film. Okay. The ultimate pententalum, whatever uh, actual negative that was used for this movie was cut down by a lot. Oh. And there are, are subsequently, I think there's four different versions of the film, not including the original that are out. You got the long, the short, the re, the rest, restored uh, and then you have the um, director's cut. Then there's the final cut. Uh, and then, you know, a I'll, I'll, short story uh, is basically some, a lot of people didn't really understand this film when it was made. The people who want, put all the money into it, 
And some people say that they threw out the negatives when they were transferring stuff, which never happens and pissed a lot of people off mm -hmm. because, yeah, this movie wasn't a big budget film, but they treated it as such and they cared about it enough to make it what it was. And it it got its audience after that. And they kind of like threw away all these negatives. And the only person who actually had one of the earliest negatives was. Roger Corman, really? who did the distribution in America for a lot of Hammer films later on. Oh, okay. Um, and that's why, you know, it's kind of like we have a lot. There's between 82 and 99 minute movies of it out there. Mm -hmm. They say there's a, about a 13 or 15 minute cuts that have been cut. Mm -hmm. There's parts about apples and fucking like dreams and like sex propositions and all this other stuff that wasn't in there uh, that uh -huh. you didn't get to see. Oh, okay. So we watched the one on Shudder because we're pretty much dedicating this to Shudder and their full core section. Mm -hmm. so, so we might as well watch what they have. Well, and the reason we did it is so that you guys would have access to the same films that we did. It wouldn't make sense if you didn't, and then you couldn't find the movie, and then we talk about it. Right. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, you can you can watch the eighty. I think it's eighty nine minute version on Shutter. Uh -huh. So it's somewhere in the middle. But yeah, no one's ever gonna see the original original one. So, but there is versions of it that are out that are longer by a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So by ten minutes. So, but yeah. So seven out of seven or. Seven and a seven out of ten. <laughs> so seven out of ten for both of us. That's pretty good. You really do want to own this, huh? I do. We're going to have to get like Midsommar, that. too, if we're going to do that. Yeah, we are. It'd almost be a perfect pairing of the two, really. Yeah. We should have done that. But we already did Midsommar, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, we do have some trivia and some uh, factoids and sort of like we're going to discuss some things in the movie that we thought were weird or funny or interesting. And uh, we'll get into that now. But if you haven't seen the movie, you can watch it on Shudder. Um, that's the version we watched. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. All right. So, uh, as I mentioned, the, the multiple different cuts and everything like that, according to Gary Carpenter, Paul Giovanni, who did the music for this movie, mm -hmm. suggested that he and his band smoked dope to try to get into the mood for this. <laughs> and they just fell about kind of laughing and were unable to play their instruments. So they had to redo it a bunch of times, you oh know, to try it out, which they did this whole entire uh, soundtrack and the musical parts and everything like that mm -hmm. for the movie beforehand. Even the Corn Sprigs and Bonnie are actually Corn songs that were made for this Bonnie. movie. Yeah. Bar not barley. We thought it was barley, but it's Bonnie. Yeah, the Bonnie boat was one. I think it has something to do with like ships. Oh, okay. Air the Bonnie, you know, the Bonnie. I don't, know. I don't know what the Bonnie is, but it's in a couple of songs. Let's put it that way, all right? <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> um, the lyrics for the song Corn Rigs are Bonnie in this movie was written by Robert Burns in nine in seventeen seventy five. The music was written especially for this movie, though, supposedly. Uh, so I guess it's a remake of that song. Oh, okay. Corn Rigs, by the way, is a Scottish country dancing style where there are a line of people on both sides and then one on the end, both people on the other end, like male and female on both sides. Mm -hmm. And then one from each end go behind everybody and dance, go back to everybody and then interweave in between people. And then they grab the people that were next in line to them and they do the same dance all the way around until everybody's dancing. And then 
it goes back to the. That sounds like some hillbilly shit. No, it's actually. <laughs> some, I mean, probably yeah. I mean, it is country, you know, so country dancing. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting because we were addicted to that fucking phrase. We were laughing our asses off. <laughs> Corn springs and money. Sorry, guys, I can't help it. The initial release was cut by the distributors and such because they didn't like the film. And so it didn't find its audience later until they kind of re-put it together, I think. That's the understanding. Oh. I, I might be off a little bit on that because it's a little, like, they go over a lot. Uh-huh. I was watching and reading about all this. But they showed it at, like, a college, like an art college or whatever. And some people were con- considering it as good as Citizen Kane and shit like that. And it blew up. Mm-hmm. So the people who didn't believe in it just gave a limp response or a limp put out of it. And then when they actually targeted the right audience, because, you know, it's not exactly horror. Everybody is right. expecting hammer horror. Right. So you know yeah, what I mean? Not, yeah, so so for people who were seeing Christopher Lee, it was like mm-hmm. watching um, Jim <laughs> Carrey in fucking Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind for them. Do you understand yeah, what I mean? That totally makes sense. That makes sense. That's not Dracula. But you know what I mean? So it's it's that's on? that's like one of the first impacts, which is why Christopher Lee wanted to do this movie anyway, because it was so different. And right. he was tired of doing the same shit, which right. I do not blame him. I don't either. He's a thespian, for Christ's sake. And he was good in this. Yeah. He, I mean, I wish they would have done his hair a little bit differently, but, you know. Yeah, they just wanted to do it times. differently, it I was, think. It was the times. Christopher Lee thought it was fucking preposterous that they threw out all the fucking film uh, negatives. He said that that nobody did that back in the day. Mm-hmm. Nobody threw out anything of any art of whatsoever. And it must have been because they were Christian and they were very offended. No, I don't think it was that. I think they I just it was. they didn't know how to market this film. So they but were you don't just throw it out. Well, you know, I don't they're the both sides. One side thinks they threw it out. The other side said they didn't. Nobody really knows. But it's it's uncommon for somebody to accidentally throw right. out three cans of negatives, um, you know, it's like expensive, that. Expensive, dude. The vibe, though, however, seems like it was done intentionally. But Corman, like I said, helped distribute the most, uh, you know, early on negative that they had, which was before they got their hands on it <clears throat> because they needed U.S. distribution. And even though Corman didn't really make them a whole lot of money. He definitely got the film marketed out there for a lot of people, which he and many others felt like this was not a horror movie, but like a melodrama art house film. And that's the right market. Right. But again, it's it's a, such a weird, different movie. Not a lot of people knew how to market it. So, you know, when they can't market it, there's always problems. Mm-hmm. Just like what was the fucking what was the fucking movie? The uh, they had the same problem. They didn't know how to market it. The couple of different movies that we've seen over the years um, I don't remember that got was, like though. pushed off and pushed off. I don't know why. It's like they just don't know how to market it or something. Do we need to make a list of these movies? I don't know. But there's like Antlers. There's Cabin in the Woods. There's oh yeah, Cabin there's in all the these Woods. movies that just like you know sat on the shelf because they didn't know what to do with them. Right. Instead of taking a risk, it's like you're just gonna waste money. Exactly. Anyway, um, the, but the initial release was not as popular, and then it became very popular so i also mentioned hot fuzz you know the movie hot fuzz oh yeah yeah um featuring edward woodard in the ensemble cast includes some of the story parallels with the wicker man so if you watch that again you'll see him being the police officer and all this other stuff in it i think as well so it's pretty cool right i want to see 
Uh, Anthony Schaefer, the writer, wanted to do uh, sort of like a horror movie that wasn't a classic horror on the surface. And he hadn't seen a movie that dealt with that kind of stuff, like Sacrifice and mm-hmm. Spring and all this other shit. So he wanted to dress it up as like sort of a, a like a detective story slash, you know, mystery. Mm-hmm. And um, you did good. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just, just you got to take risks like that sometimes right. just for creative, like fatigue right. <laughs> because if you like think about how many hammer films are the same very similar very similar you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and granted i'm not trying to put down them but we love them you, you get you get fatigue when you're like creatively when you're doing that it becomes all the same what's sound. dracula up to this time right <laughs> even when you're like creating music you get audio fatigue and you're just done thinking like, yeah you gotta take a break so you gotta do something different um the real wicker men that this is sort of based off of were in fact forms of sacrifice to some believe the Celtic female deity deity. Uh, it's a very Celtic thing where they would present farm animals and virgins and all this other shit too. And uh wicker man was, you know, obviously the large statue reportedly used by an ancient Druids priests of Celtic paganism, essentially for sacrifice and by burning it in an effigy. Like Burning Man. Yeah, I mean, they do do that. Without, you know, human sacrifice. Yeah. Which is exactly it's... why we should bring back human sacrifice. <laughs> and we could do it at Those Bur- parties would go off. We huh? could do it at Burning Man. <laughs> Just put a few corporate guys up in there, you know, oh, all yeah. the ones that go visit. Some Elon Musks. They're like, hey, man, I'm way open corporate guy. I go to fucking Burning Man every year, man. Well, not this year. You're, this is going to be your last year, buddy. <laughs> You want to donate to the cause, right? <laughs> ah, we're going to have an early you spring. You tribute. You tribute. Yeah, spring's going to be real good this year, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> or next, I guess. But um, So what about the island? But the main evidence for this practice is one uh, that Julius Caesar's commentary on the Gaelic War, which apparently modern scholarship has linked to an earlier writer, Posidini- Posidinius, there's uh, modern archaeological research that has not yielded much evidence of human sacrifice among the Celts, and the ancient Greco-Roman sources are now regarded somewhat kind of skeptically, especially considering that the, the Greeks and Romans were eager to transmit any kind of bizarre and negative information about the Celts at the time. Some fake news. So they, they wanted to make it seem like they were feared or disdained, you know. Right. While there is evidence pointing towards human sacrifice in ancient Gaul, it's unknown if, if much of it was real and how much was Roman wartime propaganda. Because they use that as a psychic warfare, right. like a mental warfare. Right. Um, Just like fucking, you know, dildo uh, Hitler uh, right. did, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's why he wanted to take over all these ancient you know right things that have mystical powers and stuff because if he had that he could scare everybody into submission submission. yeah exactly when the character um howie spins off screaming stuff about christian words and he's in the wicker man actually Mm -hmm. he didn't actually know any of the stuff that he was saying because it's like at the time they were shooting on this island right Mm -hmm. and the weather is so spotty it's like sunny one day sunny one minute Oh, and the overcast the next, raining the next. It was the middle of winter, you know. Oh, so they a lot of times had people fucking putting ice cubes in their goddamn mouth so that they wouldn't breathe cold oh or that they wouldn't breathe heat right. and it would like vape. Right. Um, oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, but anyway, he was in there and they put up 
like a couple of sayings like Bible quotes or whatever, because he plays the Christian, right? Mm -hmm. The virgin Christian. Right. um, Which they, in a lot of the uncut stuff, they pray on a little bit more and talk about him being a virgin. Oh, Um, Oh, shit. He's old. Yeah, he's like a 40 year old virgin. virgin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That motherfucker was having a hard time not trying to have sex with fucking old shaky Uh, butt on the door. The landlord's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Time to fuck his fucking next door. <laughs> I was calling you last night. Where the fuck were you? He's like, I was snapping one out hard. <laughs> oh my God. It's gross. And Jesus' eyes. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was spitting out all these Christian words to kind of make it seem like he was spitting out Bible verses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't know any. And they had a day where it was like, we got to shoot now. We got to shoot now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he did. He had to do it. And he was like petrified. But he did a really good job. Yeah. I thought a lot so. of people. Yeah. It was a little bit off. But yeah. yeah there was like, there no, there's no. Like, cur- I've never heard this before. Well, he mentions like cursing and stuff. It's all like sort of like whatever he thought of. Of the Bible was at, at the, the time. Moment. He didn't research it, so. But I think he did a good job considering, you know. But during that time, <laughs> the goat pissed on him. <laughs> there was a goat up above him that pissed and uh, got scared and pissed all over him. So. I would have pissed too. Yeah. The, uh, man, I w- well, they didn't burn anything alive. There's I no know, animals that were harmed. I don't, I don't like. I don't like. I didn't like that part. I didn't like the animals in there. Him oh, in there, yeah. Did you notice fine. that there was like bunnies and shit in, yeah. the ar- in the arms? They had, yeah. The whole thing's full of animals. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. You're burning a man. I mean, that's good enough. You don't need to burn your animals. <laughs> they provide for you. Well, there was uh, some debate over it. A lot of people were like throwing their hands up, getting upset because they thought they were going to burn him alive. And then like one of the producers <laughs> was like, we're only going to, hey, guys, calm down. Everybody, somebody grab a golf club. Is that Scottish? Right? Anyway. Uh- <laughs> Listen, uh, we're only going to burn the cuddly animals, not the not the angry ones. <laughs> so that's what he told everybody. But they didn't burn anything. Nothing was nothing was killed except my sanity by watching this movie. <laughs> anyway, so what are some things that you think is pretty memorable from this? What are some scenes that you want to talk about that either made you laugh, maybe that you enjoyed, or that you realized that you liked this movie, or what was the turning point? You know, something that you feel about this movie. We don't have to go into every goddamn scene. I really liked the mom who owned the bakery candy store. Oh, yeah, okay. So one of the... I don't think it was her kid. It was like one of the, the other kids came in because she had a sore throat, and she put a frog, like a little frog, in the kid's mouth, and... <laughs> The frog takes away the sore throat. I th- I I love that shit. Like it, I, I'll she, eat it. It tastes all horrid. <laughs> it tastes horrid. <laughs> she tells her mom. It tastes horrid, mommy. <laughs> I like that. I like I like the maypole thing because that brings. We used to do maypole when I was a kid yeah. at my elementary school, which is weird. Cause he, well, there's forms of it, different ones. They, oh, they yeah, do it with yeah. the parachute as well. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. You know, where too. all the elementary school like sit on the parachute, and then it's like right, big old you mushroom. Under, yeah, you go underneath or whatever. Yeah, that's where bad things happen <laughs> <laughs> when no one can see. <laughs> I I liked all the graveyard stuff and how they plant trees over right. the. You know, when you die, you turn into a tree. I love that shit. I love that shit. Oh. If it's true, they did or not, a lot of I research care. on this movie on on Bacon 
stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It may not be 100% accurate, but they did a lot more than most people did at the time. So this island that they shot on, so... It's a real island. Yeah, they, did they and they used the local people, but I'm sure... They did in London as well as somewhere else. Were there any, um, like, pagans on that island that uh-uh. did, no, they it's said? Just, I mean, there might be people that were like, you know, over in Europe, there's a lot more paganism and stuff, oh, yeah. I think, than, than over here. here. Yeah. yeah, totally. I read all those books. Anyway. <laughs> well, we had the whole burning uh, witch trials, too, so. Yeah, but they had more. Yeah, that's but true. We, we only know more of ours because, you know, we live here. Because we're arrogant U.S. citizens. Yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> there's no other place in the world. We're in the past. I mean, why learn about that? <laughs> anyway. I thought it was weird the one scene when uh, he walked outside the bar and everybody was, like, having sex on the lawn. It was, like, the worst shot scene. It was all blurry and shit. Yeah, he was like, and he they, like, they were like panning on on tits the whole time. I think he was like, embarrassed he got a boner or something because he just kind of like sees it and then is like, holy jeeping jeepers. Oh, he was disgusted. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, he's never seen anything like that if he's a virgin. Well, clearly. Yeah. I mean, he could still see something. It's not like the internet was out back then, though. So I guess it was easier to avoid. Right. But they probably had like some sort of like peep show come on in there come on step right in get a penny put it in the machine see yourself a titty lady (laughs) (laughs) but i do i think my favorite scene was when uh the the may day started and they were doing the parade and and he stole the other guy's costume oh the punch doll which is not part of paganism by the way no it's not and then they were like you know parading it down to the stonehenge thing i always think of when i when they talk about punch dolls by the way, I think of the movie The Dolls. Mm-hmm. Dolls. It was the Stuart Gordon's movie where, like, he turns, they turn one of the, the like, the father into a punch doll or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's got this long, big nose and a big hump on the back and big thing on his head. Mm-hmm. So it was weird seeing in here. Um, they even, like, the picture, you see a picture of, like, paganism, like, books that had paganism. And some of the books and the pictures had, like, this, like, hobby horse that they would get inside of that's, like, a big ballooned-out fucking dress. Almost like a clown-like out- outfit. Yeah, it looks like you're riding a horse, but it's just a big ballooned-out, like, dress mm-hmm. that has, you know, like, that you could see under, like, a wire kit. And there's a horse head on its front, you know? kind of looks like a penis, if you think about it. But they had that in there, and I don't know how much of that is, like legit paganism well, stuff uh like they had like the the penises all that stuff though is related to fertility oh yeah spring is, is all about yeah, fucking renewal birth yeah so you know it's all that's eggs corn sprigs <laughs> in bali <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's why they were you know often we would kill a that's why they wanted to kill him because he was a fucking virgin i like the idea that he goes out there swinging his dick and then by the end, he's screaming out the fucking front of a burning fucking man. <laughs> right. So it's like, holy shit. Like, wow, you've really fell for that one. You know, right. but what are you going to do on an island where they fucking kick out the fucking motor of your fucking boat? Like they yeah. sabotage that. They sabotage the thing. So it's like they they told him he, they weren't going to let him on the island. Well, I guess they lured him there, which right. I also like. I liked how the, the missing girl aspect of it. And he came because, you know. He came on his own free will looking for the missing girl and it was all a trick and the girl was like so proud of herself that she got him to, you know, to get in the burning man and Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just all weird. Everything was kinda weird. What did you think of the songs? 
No. It's not no, like you no. would listen to it, but it's it was seventies. It was very first of 70s. all. It's just creepy that any any town would know a song as a whole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it'd be like you walk into a fucking you know we walk into Phoenix and everybody's singing fucking the wheels on the bus go round and round. <laughs> you know, as you're getting on the bus, you're like, okay, guys, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I probably wouldn't get on the bus if they were singing that, to be honest with you. I'd be like, yep, I've seen the Wicker Man. I'm not. (laughs) You're going to cut off my genitals and put me in a fucking little little wicker basket, aren't you? Anyway. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, there was that funny part where the girl's dancing upstairs, the fucking uh, landlord's daughter. They had that song that they were singing, first of all, that was kind of perverse. And they're all like happy about it. And the, and the police officer is like, well, I've never, you know, like, and then the girl that they're literally talking about is the barkeep. She's one of the like barmaids or whatever, I guess you would call it. And she's dancing around and this old man with a big beard is like rubbing up against her with his boner or something like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that was kind of rapey. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ooh. they, it's not rapey if she, she was like, she's part of fuck Island, Christina. So it's well, not exactly. Well, you can still say no. I'm just saying. I, I know, but she's part of fuck Island and on <laughs> fuck Island, they do what's best. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you see everybody laying on the ground fucking each other? And then she's fucking dry humping the wall with her butthole hanging out. You know what I mean? Like, just flapping that fucking thing around. No, it was funny, though, how she was dancing. As a matter of fact, I found out that they, <laughs> the butt scene, uh-huh. when she's up against the wall, is not her butt. Oh, they used a butt double? They used a butt double. Ah. So they had her come in. She did her little dance. You know, she was topless, you know. Right. Um... And she goes up against the wall and they cut to the other person's butt. And I don't know why. Because uh, girls have boundaries. Maybe. Well, yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, she that's did, why. But they didn't make it seem like she, they made it seem like they did it without her knowing, which just makes it weird for me. Because if she knew that she wasn't going to do that scene, maybe maybe because they didn't want her to think. They were going to use her part. Yeah. But they wanted to make it super sexual because that's what Fuck Island's all about. So. <laughs> She's all pounding on the wall to get fucking Howie to fucking. Well, it didn't work. Yeah. He was like, I'm a vagin. He's like, I have a fiance. Is that what he said? Or? Yeah. He said he, he has a fiance and she was like, well, that doesn't matter. You're not married. Yeah. <laughs> well, she could have joined okay. in too. You could have rang her on the phone while we were rouse about <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love when he goes to dig up the the girl's uh, grave or whatever, and um, he finds like a rabbit, a hare, they call it, and he throws it down in front of fucking <laughs> the Rose. Lord Summer Isle, uh-huh. Christopher Lee, and uh, the, the the teacher, actually. Wasn't yeah, it the teacher? Miss Rose. Which was another funny scene, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he throws it down. I found this in her fucking casket. And he was like, oh, she did like rares quite a bit, didn't she? <laughs> like, no big deal. Right. Because um, you just go back into the earth. Right. Well, she kept, yeah. Well, the, the little girl in the candy shop in the beginning said that she was painting a hair and that Rowan liked hairs and that Rowan was a hair. Remember? Right. Because he asked her who Rowan was and she was like, that's what she it's said. It's a rabbit, me. silly. No, it's a hair. They're different. <laughs> Whatever. There was a scene also where they were, once everything's the cat's out of the bag and how he's hiding in the punch, drag, uh, punch doll, punch outfit, punch doll outfit, whatever. Mm-hmm. He was like, 
they go out there and uh, he they're playing like Russian roulette with a bunch of swords where they kind of like lock them together and then everybody sticks their head through the hole and whenever the song stops is when they cut they the chop, person's head chop, off. Chop, chop, chop. Right. I like that. Everyone takes a turn and a girl gets her bunny head chopped off and like he freaks out and it's just like a mask like that was extended above her head. And they're like, oh, you good one, good one. Ha, you, ha, know? Ha, ha. you did a good there. Um, and then after that, he like sees Rowan at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. She emerges and finally he finds Rowan, the girl that he's been trying to find. And he runs through the cave to try to escape. And so who's punching people on his way up? Yeah. And who's on the other side? It's fucking Lord Summerisle, the teacher and mm-hmm. and like the I think it was the bartender, the bar. Yeah, like owner. everybody. Well, it was just a few people, and then, and then he's like, we've got to get out of here. And they're like, oh, welcome. Hello. You've made us very happy by falling into our pit. <laughs> now we're going to burn your fucking dumb ass alive. <laughs> Cheerio. Um, me being. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And it's funny because he like holds on to her for a second, and she smiles, and then she runs towards them, and then he realizes that he's fucked. That's when he realized he just fucked up. <laughs> but, um, but, um, um, so, you know, they burn him alive and the dancing and singing around him, which is really kind of eerie mm-hmm. and unsettling because they're very joyous about it because this means that the, the harvest, the harvest. is going to be great yeah, this next year. Sacrificed. I did like how he was saying, like, this harvest isn't going to come and you're going to have to burn him. Right. You know? And, and they also, didn't want to burn the girl alive. So there's like, they wanted to burn someone that was a complete stranger who didn't believe right. in their faith. Right. So it kind of worked out for them. You know, they're like kinder, gentler murderers. But I don't know. What what about the other girls on the bar pictures? Well, they took the one down just to hide it from him. Well, yeah, I know that. But those other girls, did they kill those other girls? or do you Maybe, yeah, probably. Said? That's why they were probably like, look, we really like Rowan. Maybe we should. And then the families <laughs> of the other ones all, oh, no, no. <laughs> you made me fucking kill out Sally. We ate her fucking leg, you piece of shit. <laughs> you had a piece of her thigh, didn't you, Bob? No, but you know what I mean? I would right. think that people would object in that manner because people are selfish. They're like, ah, no, no, no. But these right. people are very community driven. What's best for the community? What's right. best? So they probably were like, well, maybe we can figure out a way to give back to the God of harvest. Uh, yeah, and, bigger, a bigger sacrifice. Yeah, and, and give this guy to What him. bigger sacrifice than a virgin cop? Yeah. <laughs> What a fucked life he's lived. <laughs> he's never even lived, really. He's never had sex, at least once, you know. No offense to any virgins out there, by the way. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. But yeah, anyway. So we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that is A Dark Song, which I did the work on for this one. So A Dark Song came out in 2016. Uh, it had a lot of fans, and uh, there was a lot of people that were talking about it. It was definitely included in some of the top 20 or 20 or 10 or whatever lists out there. Not everybody's, but it came out in 2016. It's an Irish film that uh, it's about a determined young woman and a damaged occultist who risk their lives and souls to perform a dangerous ritual that will grant them what they want. Tagline is not everything can be forgiven. Ah, this is by director and writer Liam Gavin. This is his first and only feature film. He's worked in, 
and on many short film projects. And he also worked in the art department as a storyboardist where they flesh out how the movie's going to look like when they got the, the words done. You know what I mean? Right. And which really kind of sets some of the director of photography stuff and like the you cinematographer. Can, you can see that in this movie. Yeah. So it's like he worked on movies like Evil Aliens by Jake West, who we had on as the um for one of our first interviews, actually. Uh-huh. Um, he also worked on The Mutant Chronicles, which is a sci-fi sort of, like, mutant movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. I, I own it. It wasn't that great, but it, it's kind of interesting. And I, I imagine the storyboarding for it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the cast in this movie, there's really not that many people. I'm just going to name the two main people because that's really that's what all it's... The, yeah. There is other people, but they're just not in it as much. Right. Uh, there is Stephen Oram who is Solomon. He was in one of my, the first movies I remember seeing him in was Sightseers, which is kind of like a comedy, dark comedy about two people going on a sightseeing oh. and turning huh. into murder. But ah. he was also in The World's End, Kill List, which is another folk horror movie. And it's all gone Pete Tong and another movie called Ah! About people who oh. are like apes. Not okay. ah zombies. Ah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. We also have Catherine Walker, who plays Sophia. She was in, or is in, House of Gucci, Cellar Door, Dark Touch, Leap Year, and The Curse of Audrey Earnshaw. She's a pretty good actress. Like her, yeah. I, I really liked her in this. Yeah. I feel like she should be in better, like bigger pictures, like bigger movies. So um, there wasn't really a budget on this that I could find. Christina, what did you think of this fine film? I really like this story for yeah? some reason. I really did. Even though it's a little bit slow, it takes a while to get to the point, but that's kind of the point. Right. I think because you're, de- you're dealing with like occult stuff Mystery. That, that is going on for long periods of time, like months at a time. I did. I thought both the characters were great, especially together because they're both so different. The atmosphere was ama- was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. The ending didn't quite hit it for me. I don't know if it was... I want to say it was anticlimactic, but it wasn't like... I don't Terrible know. Terrible or anything. It was, I just got... It's like one of those I got to think about a little bit longer. We did watch this yesterday. Maybe, maybe you'll have the time. same feeling I do when I tell my side. Okay, probably. With this one, probably. But I did enjoy this. I would watch it again. I, I'm sad I didn't watch it when it came out. Um, I gave it a six out of ten. Did you find it creepy? Did you get creeped out or spooked by it? You know what? I didn't. Really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't. You're not I much did. of a slow burner, so. I'm not. So when when spooky stuff quietly creaks in the corner, like it doesn't affect me. Okay. What about, what did you give it a score of? Six. A six out of ten. So you liked the Wicker Man I did Man like more. it. I liked the story. I liked it a lot. I kind of like this one a little bit more than the Wicker Man. Oh, yeah? But it's a little more modern, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Do you want me to go into it? Or? Yeah, go ahead. Go okay. For it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Pause there. Um, I don't know. A film that, I think it's a film that does a lot with very little, and that is kind of a perfect mixture for an indie film. That's kind of what you're supposed to live. You're supposed to live in a bigger movie that you can condense into a smaller, that you can do on a budget for a smaller film. And this is one of those kind of movies that they do it. They work wonders with some of the atmosphere what lurks behind without showing you exactly what's behind all the time, but they do. Don't worry. So if that kind of scares you off and you're like, well, I don't show you anything. No, they do. It's not really explained, but they do. So there is stuff in here that you will see uh, that is 
kind of freaky and weird and unsettling for a lot of people. This movie does peer into that sort of dark side physically. Uh, I don't know how to put that into words without spoiling it. I just like the the sort of creativity that they came out of the financial restraints that they had for this movie. And it definitely taught, it definitely has some good vibes about it. The atmosphere is just so thick. And to be able to make that happen in a movie is not easy, guys. Like some people may say that it is, but I've seen so many movies that are just barren wastelands of atmosphere. And it's like they would benefit from it so much if they could, you know? And I think a lot of it has to do with the soundtrack or the score, which, you know, if you know how to marry the two and do your camera work with the music and everything like that, it it just flows better. And some movies just know how to do that. Or maybe the camera work's done ahead of time and the musician knows how to make it flow better, mm-hmm. you know, or the score or the sound effects, which I thought were really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. The premise for the movie is really great. I mean, who doesn't want to know what happens when a couple of random strangers try to fucking delve into the occult and start making fucking rituals and shit like that? Mm-hmm. This is a recipe for disaster. You know, I thought that is really, really cool. And the way they did it and how they kind of bleed it out to, to the viewer is really well done. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just keeps you on the hook for the whole fucking movie for the most part. They're dealing with Gnosticism to get what they want and shit obviously inevitably goes wrong for them as it usually does in a horror film. I can only imagine what it would be like if they actually had a really big budget to be able to do some of the visuals, not CGI. I just mean like where they could have gone artistically like into different things. You know what I mean? Like how they did it. It's hard to explain, but like. It, it feels like it, it's a it's a good idea for a movie, and they, they did it well on the budget that they did, I guess. I'm just harping on. Right. I still find the subject matter pretty fascinating that there is this world where you can tap into with a piece of chalk and your beliefs, you know, how it can all go horribly wrong if one little thing is out of place, which is always kind of like the thing, you know, don't cross the salt line or, you know, don't have a, a wish that you didn't wish for, you know, and they do that really good here. Like, there's some ominousness about you know that you kind of pay attention to those little things and uh, it adds to the subject matter so the end of the movie like you were talking about i think is sufficient but it does sort of feel like a little dissatisfying for most of the viewers i would assume um i can sort of imagine for most people it would be that way but for those with a sort of creative overactive imagination this might be the movie to stir that those little dark spots in your imagination. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think of the movie that we watched and that I talked about for my top 20, which was we need to do something. And I compared it to it and you didn't really understand what I meant by it because that's a movie that, that kind of preys on your imagination as oh. well. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of this ominous thing going on. Right. That kind of makes you, this goes a lot further than that movie. So I think that's like noble and, and well done, but I did kind of want to see a little bit more if I was being particular. I didn't dislike it. It just, I wanted, I would have liked to see more, but for obvious reasons, that's what they could get away with. And I think it's creepy and unsettling either way. The way they did it, different, unique. And it it makes, we'll get into the spoiler section of what it all means and what we might think it means uh, and maybe what they could have done if they had a big budget or something, you know, just what we would think. I like the isolation factor of these two people that set out for this fucked up, you know, sort of ritual and they aren't really ready to have it. 
Right. You know, it seems like they all know what they're doing and then things go wrong and that's, you know. got to start over. And- yeah, it's kind of cool. And I wish there's like a, some things that happened in the movie towards the end that they could have made it more scary, I think. Yeah. That just was a little lacking for me, but I still admire this movie and what mm-hmm. it did. Right. I would say this is probably about a seven, maybe a 7.5. Um, it misses it by a little bit, and that's just me being particular. Mm-hmm. But I have to, to differentiate these movies that I like and don't like from the palette of movies I've seen. You know what I mean? Right. So I think a lot of people will probably lean a little bit more towards the better, but if you're not into slow burns and you don't really kind of catch on to fucking atmosphere very well, I'd say skip it for you. Mm -hmm. But for those of you that do, this is probably a a pretty decent treat. Right. So, but yeah, so, so we got a 6.5 out of that together. Not bad. 6.5, 6.75. So still pretty good movie. Um, I think I liked it just slightly better than, than the Wicker Man, just a little bit. Well, it makes sense. It's just darker and scarier. And, you know, obviously it's unsettling to see happy people do fucking fucked up things, but mm-hmm. <laughs> this one's darker and, yeah, cool. and it, yeah, more both- my speed. I, I, You know, after watching all of these movies that we have for full core and me kind of keeping my mind saturated in it for a little bit while listening to music and et cetera and doing research on it, it kind of makes me want to do a film like that, but do it in like a much darker creature-esque mm-hmm. fucked up like batshit fucking wild kind of thing right where it happens and then you're like what the fuck is that and then they pretend like it didn't even happen do you know what i mean where right. it like fucks with your head a little bit and prey on that a little bit more because i see that in these movies and it feels like that's kind of a common thread is that people are doubting themselves mm-hmm. and the struggle of that and maybe their guilt or their the history of their people's guilt or, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I would prey on that a little bit and, and fuck things up a little bit. So, I don't know. This just makes me think about it. Like, I was like, would I ever make a movie like that, you know? And it's kind of interesting, like, to do my own personal take. I'm sure fans of Folklore will fucking hate it because it's my version of it. But, you know. <laughs> so, if you got a couple of million dollars laying around out there and you're listening... Let me know. <laughs> all right. We can make we can make magic. All right. Anyway, uh, so let, we're going to get into our trivia and spoilers and talk about some of the things we like, didn't like, what those things mean and kind of wrap it all up. And then uh, next week we'll be doing something completely different. So if you want to skip the spoiler section and just listen to the end of the podcast to find out what we're talking about next week, you can do that. Or you can come back and listen to the spoiler section and kind of follow along or, you know, fuck it. Just get wild and listen to it anyway. But here's your warning. So, Christina, what did you think? Um, what do you think it all meant? Do you think it has any purpose or meaning? Why did she lie? Why did, you know, all these things happen? I didn't think there was any purpose. I think. Well, we kind of had to talk about it after the movie because it made us think about some things. And I thought maybe we could open it up to that. Or, you know, oh. we just talk about what you liked or disliked. I mean, whatever. Well, I, okay. I liked in the beginning. It kind of opens up where you're, you're going into it as him, where you don't know her. You know, she's not, you don't know her whole story. You don't know what she's going very on. driven. Yes, but she's very driven. And, and he's very to in do control. This. Exactly. And her story keeps changing, which I liked because, you know, you, th- you think it, you think she's doing it for this one reason and then it changes. Yeah. Well, it's funny to me because there was a moment in the film. One of my favorite moments is when I think he got stabbed or whatever. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that in detail later, but. Um, he's like, tells her, she's like, I'm nothing like you. And he said, Oh, 
No, you're like me. Mm-hmm. Maybe even worse. Right. And I think it's because of that driven part. Right. She's so driven that no matter what, she'll do it. Right. For the sake of whatever Getting this what is. what she wants, yeah. Right. And I like their relationship in that he is just a complete fucking piece of shit. And like, but he's so serious and she knows it. So she has to kind of follow him and do whatever he wants. There's some kind of gross moments in it, but. Right. Um, He, uh, like early on, he's just like, I'm not your friend, you know, like don't fucking, you know, we're not fucking around here. And she's like, he's like, so what do you want to do? Why do you want to do this? And she's like, for love. And he's like, all right, uh, take, I'm out. Take, take me, me the ba- fuck out. Take I'm, me back a, to the I'm done. I'm going to do this for some dumb shit like love. Like he's like, really audible about it. And she's like, no, she's going to lose him waiting at the train station. And he's like, she says something to him. She was like, look, I lied. Right. I lost my son. I lost my son. And he's like, well, and what happened? He died. He got taken by a cult. No, no. Oh, he did, she doesn't she say it yet. She didn't say it then at this. No. Well, she said he died and she lost him. Yes, she lost him. And that she wants no. to finally speak to him again. And she, he, a- she, sorry. She actually, sorry, I got to say this. She actually said he was taken from me, which confused me. I knew I what that like, meant immediately. I was like, does that mean he's dead or yes, did he get kidnapped? Yes, it means he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but he was kidnapped. We find out as well. Yeah. So. But anyway, so it kind of fits both. Yeah. But he's like speaking to a dead child that we can work with. And then they go back. And they go back. <laughs> to the house. And she's renting this whole house because for the ritual, they need the whole house. They need, they need the ritual they room need to the be rooms facing west. And different rooms for different things. Right. Yeah. Each room is like, they really didn't get into depth about the rituals, but this is actually really pulled from some stuff. Um, I don't know exactly what, because I couldn't find all the like research on this. They did explain like the circles, what each circle was going to do. They had to explain that because it actually happens to, at, at the end. And each room, there was a room that was like a death room or that the door had to be kept shut. Sure. Because later on, somebody keeps knocking on the door. You know, let open the door, let me out, you know, shit like that. Well, the ritual performed in the movie is called a Bramelin operation, which is an occult rite attempted by Gnostics such as Aleister Crowley, if you've heard of him, that guy, who uh, the ritual is meant to obtain the knowledge and conversation of the ritualist garden, guardian angel. So the thing that protects her to do her bidding. Right. That's what she was doing in the film. The house that they shot in was a different house inside than it was. Oh, on the outside? Yeah. So they just wanted the look of the outside and they kind of just, yeah, typical stuff. I like how they took mushrooms. Like, of course you're going to see and hear shit now. Oh, I know. You're fucking taking mushrooms. Well, it's supposed to open up your brain. Right. To take in all these things, I guess. Other dimensions. Yeah, I guess. The pineal (laughs) gland is expanded. To get the mind powers. Yeah. Hey, man, when I used to do shit like that all the time. I mean, I'll and say that I went some now. places. Yeah. You're fucked up. And look at me now. Yeah, I'm big piece of shit. No, <laughs> now you got a podcast. Whoop the fucking do. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I really liked uh, sort of how the, I, I feel like they could have gotten a little bit more in depth on some of the rituals um, and made it more authentic a little bit. I'm not saying that it wasn't. It felt authentic. You know what I mean? And well, it's it's really about the two of them 
Right. And yeah, she, exactly. It's like, because, like, even though she doesn't feel at home with this random stranger asshole who's telling her what to do, literally kind of a fucking misogynistic fucking asshole, like, mm-hmm. just everything you can think of about this guy. He's just not a good guy. She still confides in him in some way, even on his deathbed, which is, like, just part of her nature. And you find out by the end of the movie, obviously, that this was actually for a better cause than she initially thought. But through the process of going through this ritual, she learns, you know, that that's not what she really wants. That's not who she really is or what she really, truly wanted. And we'll talk about that later. But he dies and she's like, fuck, dude. She doesn't know what to do. she's, She's like, I'm fucked. Like, I don't know what to do. She goes in the book and she sees all the like books that he had and it's all crossed out. I don't think he did it. I was like, do you think he did it or do you think the fucking... I think the demons did it because they wanted her to leave the house. Right. And you were talking about how when she eventually tells him that her son was taken by some cult people... To do a ritual. To do a ritual. A sacrifice. A child sacrifice. Right. And she wanted to get vengeance on him. And he had told her that you need to do this beforehand. Instead, she had to do the blood. So can you explain that for them? Oh, one of the circles, because, you know, there's five circles and it takes weeks to master a circle. One of the circles was forgiveness. And she was like, I can't, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. And, right. And he was like, okay. And it took him a day and he was like, okay, well, you need to drink this blood instead. I think they, they uh, killed a bird or something. So she had to drink birds or she had to drink blood. Bird because, blood. Because that took place of her going through the forgiveness part of and that's when she that got ritual. avion flu remember what i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to do it because right. she, she thought she would get a disease or something but i think she ended up doing it having to do it like three times well i think she did do it she did do it and then because she did it she summoned the darker side of whatever it was right that she was going to do and, and I'll, we'll get into more detail on that later but and then also the positive side because of her true intentions mm-hmm. because throughout the film he says over and over and over again it's important what your true intentions are because it will get fucked up somehow if you don't you're not 100 percent on it right and it did right and he, yeah. When she loses her shit and realizes that she's fucked and she can't even continue to do the ritual and that it's already sort of spun out of control and she doesn't know how to put the lid on it anymore, she gets desperate. And after, you know, they poured salt around the entire outer rim of the house. And they weren't allowed to leave the house because you would yep. break the protection circle. You would break the protection circle and all the bad shit that they were summoning and using to get this power would come inside the house with them, mm-hmm. as well as the good stuff, too. Um, and when she leaves, her car doesn't start. And so I like this part. This is the part that I was like really into because I've seen this done in a couple of other movies. They finally get out. There's this sort of relief as the viewer to know. Yeah. Like there's like this string of hope that you're like, oh God, it's finally over for her. And she goes out walking like, you know, kilometers. Oh yeah. (laughs) She walked a bunch of kilometers. Yeah, She was kilometing it up. (laughs) Like many, many miles, guys. Like she walked for until it was dark. And she saw a house and, and she was like, oh, God, I hope there's someone home. Yeah, she's please, please, someone be home. And, and then she was like, oh, no. It's and my house. It, it was. Yeah, it was the house. That, and so. it's like, fuck. So she just walked. So she's back stuck in. in hell. It kind of reminds me of movies like The Endless where they can't leave. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you know right. what I'm talking they, about. They keep circling back. 
Right, and Cabin he keeps repeating it, which they have that really amazing scene where the guy kills himself or whatever, yeah. which I was like, holy fuck, I love this movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love when movies do that. And I really feel like they could have like had her be more desperate in that situation and keep running back and then things in the woods and like things around her kind of like fucking with her. And you, you see what I'm saying? No, she, could, she wouldn't have because she was the normalcy of it is she was tired she's she had been starving herself and not sleeping because it was all part of the ritual so of course no i'm sorry she she couldn't have done that well and of course you know maybe maybe liam gavin the director writer didn't want to go too heavy overdo it and then topple it over yeah you know it's he kind of wanted to kind of balance it within reality but still step into that supernatural in a very realistic way for people who might be on the fence with that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, but for me, I just like shit going bat wild, mm-hmm. like fucking sequel crazy, you know, because when I was a kid, I loved sequels. But when I got older, I realized that the, the good shit is like, you know, <laughs> right. but I always thought of it as like, oh, this is even more, you know, like they're going crazy. <laughs> and then I just realized I had bad taste in, in Greek movies or good taste in bad movies. That's what I mean. <laughs> So what did you think about the end sequence of like she wakes up uh there was a part where she lit a match and there were all these demons around and then the match went out Well before she- that before that there was a scene before he dies that I want to talk about that I really like Oh cuz when she comes back well wait hold on the before he dies I want to get this so that we can go back to that because we're at the point where he died and you know she had to leave the house Right. But before that, there was like one of the nights that she was like sitting there writing in a book or something and she had like candles in front of her and the power's out in the house. So she can't really see in this chair that's literally like four feet away from her. But it's so dark around it that the shadow kind of cuts off of it. And she sees this little cigarette burn like a cigarette. The end of a somebody smoking a cigarette. Yeah. In that chair. And she's like, wait, is that him or. You're like, is that him? Is that the fucking, like, what's going on? And she goes over with a candle, and you just see, like, a black shirt or something draped over the back. But then you look down, and the cigarette's in the ashtray. And that was fucking cool, man. That's really good cinema right there. Like, that's how you, that's how you, you don't just show everything right away. That, there's something masterful about how that was all done. And I love that scene in that movie. Yeah, it was uh, good. That's really fucking fantastic shit. And then also the whole, so so when they finally get into an argument and she finally reveals like why she wants to do all this because she, he keeps thinking she's holding something back and she finally says. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then he has to go back and he's like, well, we need to figure out where the ritual to make up for this. So he ends up having to drown her in the bathtub. Right. And bring her back to life in order to continue the ritual. And then that is the whole reason after that happened, they were standing in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And he fell on the knife because it was Well, the knife was on the counter, and he right. pushed her into it. But it was repercussion for him drowning her. Well, he was saying that the ritual is working because her guardian angel protected her. Yeah, by And she stabbing. pushed him, yeah, yeah, that he had tried to do damage to her. And right. Then, yeah, which is interesting. Karma. You're like, yeah, you're like Karma. thinking, like, does everybody have a guardian angel? That's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like they're watching me jerk off. Like, what's going on? Yes, every, every all the spirits are watching. You are they jerk watching off. us have sex? Like, what's going on? Christina? Yes, because they're jealous because they yeah. can't. They're like slapping us on the ass. <laughs> oh my god! Nobody wants to hear this. You're a dirty naughty anyway, angel, aren't you? Anyway, who's my so, little dirty guardian as angel? As I was saying, 
towards the end, the end scene, you know, when she came back to the house after, you know, mm-hmm. getting trapped, she came back to the house and she went to light a match. And then all of a sudden the demons start showing up. Well, they're not, I guess they are demons, but they're like people that are just covered in gray mud. Whatever. So they drag her down to the basement and they cut off her, like, I think it was two of her fingers. Did you remember? You forgot the part where they dragged the fucking body. Like, she comes back. Oh, yeah. And they dragged his body downstairs. She sees his body because he was dead in his bed upstairs because she fucking knew he was going to die that night. When she comes in, he's like completely fucking dead as a fucking rock. And then she comes back and he's on the bottom of the stairs laying down with his arms stretched out. And she's sitting on the stairs just waiting to see what happens with that. And then an arm comes out of nowhere and then just grabs his leg and right. starts dragging him. It's just pulling it. Down to the basement. Well, because he wanted invisibility from the humanity. And he got it. Did he? Yeah, he died. It's invisible. I guess. See, he got it. I, I mean, that's a stretch. Like, I don't think that's the kind of intent he wanted is to die. Well, you got to be careful what you wish for. If he wanted to die, he would shit. <laughs> there was that scene, too, where he pushes on the fucking bandage and the fucking pus comes out of it. Oh, like caramel. <laughs> Calm a caramel Solomon. That's, that should have been our drink. A caramel Solomon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a salty fucking whiskey caramel. Ooh. <laughs> But anyway, so they cut her fingers off. Yeah, that's cool. And then she she escapes and she runs back upstairs. And there's I think bright... it was her wedding finger. I, it was definitely her pinky. I think it was her pinky and her ring finger. Oh, okay. But she sees the light running upstairs towards the light. Gets I'm to sorry. The, gets to the ritual room. And then her guardian angel, which is like a Renaissance uh, Greek Roman god. Angel. Guy, angel that's like which was kind of cheesy to me seven times her size or t- 10 times maybe i don't know yeah i don't know it was weird and he had like these really pretty glittery eyes but he whispered something too did you hear when she was like I, no i'm sorry here I, I i apologize i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and then it's like about her son yeah and then her mouth his mouth moves and she said i want forgiveness forgiveness i want to be able to forgive yeah i want the ability to forgive yeah and then it shows it's kind of like cutting back and forth to her like sending out fucking solomon's body to the lake and letting it drown and then her with the bandaged up hand so it's obviously afterwards and i know because at first i was like is that her son in the body bag does she kill her son yeah she dug it up <laughs> that's what i thought she did first. a little dance with well, it and no, put it back. I, th- I thought they were doing like flashbacks to like because <laughs> they didn't really show what happened to her son yeah you know so i thought but that's not what happened it was just solomon into the river <laughs> so he's disappeared you know and he's gone into the river he's really disappeared well i'm sure nobody's gonna be looking for him Right. And I'm sure he's probably right. pretty private about all those kind of things. Oh, yeah, totally. So she's probably pretty safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. But ultimately, she didn't kill him. No. I mean, her kind gar- of. Her guardian angel did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I'm sure the police will buy that bullshit. What kind of lawyer wants to take on that case? Listen, Your Honor, she has a guardian angel, okay? <laughs> it's He's 70 foot tall. He's got a man sack, like a big one and a shield. Anyway, then she's driving in the car, and that's it. The end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it kind of makes me think of the movie um, that had kind of an abrupt ending um, is Anything for Jackson, which a lot of people were not happy about. There was so much fun stuff in that movie. 
I like that movie. I want to watch it again. I want to watch that and The Endless now and like all these <laughs> other fucking movies, you know, because we got like, well, to watch the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. Oh, yeah. We got to do that, too. And the other one, which was it, Village of the Damned or what was it? The, 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 the one you talked about that Nicolas Cage was in. Oh, the, the oh, fuck. Hold on. And the Wicker Tree. Yeah, we got to watch the Wicker Tree. We got too much shit to watch. But Wait. no more folk off anymore, guys. Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. That's the one. Okay. But anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed this whole folk horror sort of uh, rendezvous for the podcast. I didn't want to do it four weeks long because that gets a little heavy handed and and maybe people are not interested in it as much. But, you know, we like to do different things here on this podcast. We're not afraid to do them. We don't need to just do popular movies. Okay, we like to do. It's all about discovering and finding new horror films, guys. I've always said that that is why I wanted to do the podcast is because I loved horror so much that I didn't know why I hadn't seen all these other movies and why I haven't talked the about fuck, them. fuck, Alex? God. And now it's documented, and, and I'll probably overlap myself and change my score again or something, you know? Because I, and I'm noticing that, like, right. yes. I, the more I, more I get into these movies, like, the more and more, like, I force it on myself, the more and more I'm like, yeah, it's and not so bad. Vampire movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Folk horror, yeah. vampire movies, you know. Look at you. You're growing up, son. You're growing big up. Big boy, yeah. It's a big boy, what, cookie? <laughs> Jesus. So next week, we're going to do something a little bit different. And it's kind of like an action-adventure, sort of mainstreamy kind of movies that have a, a dash of hell and or uh, demons and, uh, yeah, action stars, I guess, uh, which we're <laughs> going to be doing. The Golden Child from 1986 with uh, Eddie Murphy as the lead role, which is a comedy, but it has some horror elements in it. One of my favorite kid movies that I used to watch. Uh-huh. It's not, uh, I believe it's rated R actually. So, uh, and we're going to be watching Chuck Norris kick some hell in Hellbound for 1994. You can actually rent both of these online if you want to watch them. Honestly, I don't know what to think about Hellbound because I haven't seen it since it came out at the Jesus, literally at the VHS old. store. <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> what the fuck? You're as old as me, you dumb. <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna watch both those films. Hopefully, that'll you know change it up a little bit because we kind of went deep dive in here on some of the horror and uh, deep dive on some like. You know, not so popular subgenres, I guess, you know, so mm-hmm. it's maybe it's time to kind of bring it back to something a little bit more mainstream and fun. I, I, I assume that Hellbound is going to be stupid and ridiculous with Chuck Norris. He's not Mr. Personality, but uh, he's kind of like, I don't know, just him fighting evil just seems funny. And of course, I love The Golden Child. So watching that again, I just picked it up on 4K for like five bucks online digitally, which I didn't even know that they didn't have a release of that that movie on 4K physical. So they haven't yet anyway, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they will at some point. But for now, I got it and I want to watch it. So and she's never seen it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Christina. I love the energy coming out of you. Put a bo- put a cap on that. We'll save that for later, huh? <laughs> 
You will enjoy yourself, Christina, okay? We'll see. Just because uh, then I can quote stuff that I love, oh, you know? Oh, great. Oh, my God. So excited. Oh, dude. Eddie Murphy is one of my favorites when I was a kid, man. You have no idea. <laughs> so, oh, I've been. Party all the time. Party all the time. Oh, my God. Christina is funny because, like, we watched Beverly Hills Cop one and two. Never seen him She's before. She's never seen him before, and we still need to finish up number three. Yep. So I can't wait to watch that too. But I'm gonna party, party all the time. Party. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of had that Michael Jackson thing going on, oh, but totally, with like, yeah. yeah. But who didn't really? Right. I, you know, like anyway, uh, guys. Thank you so much for coming by for this adventure into folk horror. I hope that you enjoyed it and opened up yourselves a little bit to some other films that you might not have watched. Personally, that's a huge experience for me to go through, and I'm glad I did it with you. And I just want to thank my mom and Satan. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming by. If you have any ideas for other subgenres or anything like that, that you think that we haven't tackled or something that you would like to see that might be a little different, let us know and maybe we'll do it. You know, and if, we also always have our Amazon uh, gift basket or whatever that we have that we pick out titles, random stuff and horror that we want to get that we haven't gotten yet and we put it in there and then if you want to buy it, we'll review it. Uh, we still need to do Donnie Darko, which I don't really consider horror so I don't know if it really fits into that. Um, but I do need to do a review of it, I feel like, because someone bought it for us. Oh. Plumkey did, so but thank you so much for coming by and as always, the voice. to be